It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, it's Mariners Pod. Thanks for being back once again. We have a lot to cover as the Mariners had a very busy weekend in front of a very busy week. Also, we have Logan Gilbert coming up in a few minutes. You don't want to miss that. A very interesting conversation between Shannon Dreher and the Mariners rookie pitcher. That's pretty great. So we're going to roll through what happened over the weekend. We'll take a glimpse at what is going to happen starting today against the Houston Astros. And then as we move through the week, we'll talk about a an enormous homestand coming up as well. But let's kind of lay this out here as the Mariners winning yesterday, sweeping aside Arizona. They've won five in a row. So right now the Yankees holding the first wild card at 78 and 58. As of this taping, early games coming up on Monday, holiday Monday. Boston Red Sox, the second wild card. The Mariners now three games back of the Red Sox. They've jumped over the A's after winning five in a row. Toronto, though, just one back of the Mariners. And the A's just one back of the Mariners. Oakland has lost three in a row. So that's how things sit after this weekend. As uh, Let's kind of go through the weekend. The Mariners went to Arizona hoping for a sweep. It was not easy. It was not always pretty. But at the end of the day, they got the sweep they were looking for. In game one, it was a game that went to extra innings, a game that we have seen so many times this year. Jared Kelnick, a big day. He had a home run earlier in the ballgame, and then he would get what ended up being the game winner. The 0-1 to Kelnick. Swung on, ripped into left field towards the line. It's getting down. It is down a fair ball. Roll into the corner. Seager's going to score. Bowers to second base. He's going to hold up there. Jared Kelnick, a base hit to drive in a run. And the Mariners have taken the lead in extra innings. It is six to five M's. Jared Kelnick coming through. And that would be the winner. Six to five. Mariners take game one of the series. Game two, Kyle Seeger went nuts, hit a three-run home run early in the ballgame and with a tied score, 5-5. It was kind of a wild one, a back-and-forth game as Marco gave up four in the first inning. He settled in to give the Mariners five innings, uh, five runs total, but just one run after the first. And it was just kind of a tug-of-war, back-and-forth, and that was until Kyle Seeger <laughs> would go pool. Smith set from the chest, check second. Here comes the 3-1. Swung on and blasted to right field. We've got lift off to the pool. Cannonball splash. Kyle Seager into the pool. <laughs> A three-run blast. Eight to five. The Mariners have taken the lead. The second swat of the ball game for Kyle Seager. Six RBIs, two home runs, and the Mariners have the lead. Eight to five. Pool party for Kyle Seager as the Mariners take game two of the series over Arizona. And then game three, what do you say about 
game three. It was Kyle Seeger again coming through. This one would go to extra innings, and it looked like the Mariners were going to lose this one. They did not score in the top of the 10th inning. Chris Flexen, by the way, was good as always. I guess we kind of take that for granted at this point. But the Mariners did not score in the top of the 10th. And then it was Johan Ramirez who hung a zero on the board with a runner at third and one out. He got a huge strikeout. Ramirez pitched two massive innings in the series, both in extra innings. Mariners do not sweep Arizona without the work Ramirez did. But anyway, he set the table for what ended up being a ridiculous 11th inning for the M's. Here's the stretch, and the 2-0 on the way to Seager. Swinging a hard hit ground ball, and it gets on by Smith at first. Down the right field line, Crawford will score. Rounding third, heading home, being waved in. Down the stretch, he comes. Mitch Hattiger will score. Around to third goes Ty France. Kyle Seager in at second base with a two-run double. Listen to the crowd here at Chase Field. And the Mariners now lead the Diamondbacks 5-3. to three. How about that? So it ended up being a 10-4 win in 11 innings for the Mariners, strangely enough. So the M's sweep Arizona after taking the last two games against the Houston Astros in Seattle. So they've won five in a row. We'll get to what starts tonight in a moment. First, let's hear from Scott Service after the win. Like I said, a lot to unpack in this game and uh, certainly this series. I, I keep saying it's hard to sweep people, and, and certainly we, we continue to prove that it is difficult. But um, heck of an effort by our guys. Um, this team is so much fun. I mean, if you can't enjoy watching us play and how we go about it, knowing that uh, every game is going to come right down to the end, shame on you. You're not a baseball fan. Uh, doesn't get a whole lot better. And Certainly where we're at this point in the season. But uh, today's game, obviously, a lot of guys stepped up. You know, Flex, maybe not as sharp as we've seen Flexen. Uh, you know, he gave up the, the three spot there. Um, you know, hung in there, gave us six innings, really needed it out of him. And say all that, it wasn't as sharp. And it's still six innings. It's a quality start. And turning it over to uh, the bullpen, Swanee, back-to-back uh, -back days, again, was awesome. You know, Seawald and Steck continue to do what they do. Uh, and Johan Ramirez. Um, kind of, you know, uh, out of nowhere here, he has stepped up over the last three, three weeks or so pitching in these critical spots late in games. And he's the right guy. You know, you need a strikeout there in the 10th inning, some way to get through that inning. And he's got a nasty slider and he really executed it today. So it's his first major league win. <laughs> that little beer shower for him right now. So a lot to get excited about here, but offensively, not a ton going on early. Uh, you know, we, we really grinded out, you know, their bullpen there in the 11th and, uh, you know, guys came up big. I thought Murph had a really good day at the plate. Ty France, Toro, Seager, big double. Um, and then we throw a little gold glove on it at the end with uh, J.P. Crawford there with some kind of double play uh, there in the 11th inning. So, um, you know, big day for us. Obviously, you know, we pick up a game on the, on the people ahead of us. Um, we head to Houston and, and should be a fun series over there. So, uh, again, can't say enough about this team. This team is so much fun. It's so enjoyable to be around every day. I'll take your questions. Scott, um People look. People that might not have seen the game will look at the box score and think, "Oh, this is a route or whatever." But you guys were 90 feet away from losing that game, and Johan Ramirez uh, kind of delivered there. And I mean, I, what was it like when he came into the dugout after he got through that inning? Because that's really difficult to do to get three outs without letting a ball hit the outfield. Yeah, it is. Uh, I say all that, and, and Johan, because he only threw I think eight or nine pitches in that inning, was going to go back out and pitch the next inning. 
Uh, obviously, the, the pitcher spot came up, and it was a chance for us to even add on more. So, you know, we move move on from him there. But uh, Yo's great. He's, he's it's the same all the time. I don't really think he gets caught up in how big the moment is. Uh, he's a super energetic, upbeat. He's the biggest cheerleader I've ever seen. When he's in our dugout, you know he's in our dugout. He really <laughs> changes it. And uh, but you know, he's a, he's a kid, uh, kind of in a candy store. He just loves to get in the game and compete and. He's got pretty good stuff, and he's learned how to throw some strikes with it, and he's been a really big piece for us here recently. Was the command that he's shown on the ability just to consistently throw strikes with both pitches, what, where is – did he do anything different? Is it usage? What, what? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, we saw a difference in him about halfway through the season. You know, and he was on the train. He's up and down from Tacoma, last guy in your bullpen. But, you know, you started to see the consistency – of him throwing his strikes for fast, but we're not trying for him to hit the strategic locations in the strike zone. We're just trying to get him to throw it in the box. And, you know, he, he made a little adjustment. I don't know if it was just consciously or unconsciously, but he got his arm slot a little bit lower and it was allowing him to get the strike, uh, the ball in the strike zone more consistently with his fastball. And he, he's always had the, the nasty slider. That's the reason we, we took him in the rule five draft a couple of years. We loved his breaking pitch. And the fact that he threw hard and very durable arm, if we could somehow harness it, and that's what we're seeing. So huge credit to, you know, our pitching guys at the major league level, the minor league level, everybody that's identified, you know, things that can help Johan. And he's taking it and he's running with it. Johan obviously had the most dramatic inning pitching probably, but the the whole bullpen once again continued to, or they stepped up like they've done so many times this year. I mean, what can you say about those guys' ability just to keep you guys in these close games? It's everything. And and I think the additions of Diego Castillo and getting Misevich into the ball game yesterday, huge, because we didn't have to use Seawald in second right, and now you can bring him back today. That's what it takes to put, you know, winning streaks together and continue to play at a high level day in, day out. We're always going to play in close games. That's just going to happen. But you need the horses to keep you there. And the guys in the bullpen have been outstanding. And the fact that we're probably deeper than we've ever been at any point in the season really excites me going down the stretch here the last, I don't know, 24, 25 games, whatever we got left. Hey, Scott, with how many big hits Kyle just keeps delivering? I mean, did you expect him to come through there when he comes up in the 11th? Well, I know he's seeing the ball really good right now. And and people that have seen Kyle Seeger play for a while know when he's seeing the ball good, he's getting his good swing off. He's going to swing at the right pitches. And, you know, you don't know if you're going to get a double or you're going to hit the ball at somebody, but you know he's going to hit the ball hard. So it uh, didn't surprise me. We had the right guy up. But I think it's really important leading up to that at bat, what Mitch Hanniger did, what Ty France did. We talk all the time. You know, you, people get sick of hearing it. You joke about it. Dominate the zone. Control the strike zone. That's what we did in this game and allowed us to win it. So, you know, it's been huge for us. That's what we're about, both in the batter's box and on the mound. And our guys have bought in, they believe in it, and they're doing it. They're executing. Scott, did you take a peek up at the scoreboard during the game at all? And, or did you know that Oakland and New York and Boston had all lost and even Houston had lost? Did you know during the game? Yeah, typically I say I don't look at those things. I'm going to tell you, Ryan, I'm looking at those things. Okay, uh, this is a special team, and we need some help. There's no question about it. We need a little helper along the way. You need some other teams to stub their toe, but we can only control, you know, so much, and that's what we do on the field. And, you know, we knew before the game started what the situation was today. Our players knew it, you know, uh, but you still got to go out and play, and, you know, you find out some things. We're down by a run in the seventh inning. We tie the game. We're in our type of game, and you feel good about we're going to find a way to win it, and that's exactly what we did today again. Did you hear the how many Mariners fans were here at the game in the later innings there? 
I've felt it here the last couple nights. I think it's fantastic. Certainly, I know a lot of people, you know, uh, from Seattle live down here, or whatever, and uh, you can certainly feel it. You feel it. You, you, you hear the "Let's Go Mariners" chants in the crowd. Uh, you hear the, you know, when we're starting to get rallies going, you know, and, and we haven't heard that on the road as long as I've been the manager here. So it was fun today, and uh, you know, hopefully it continues. I don't know how much of that we'll have over in Houston, but it was fun here in Phoenix. Let's hear from Johan Ramirez too, who for my money was the MVP yesterday and just had a huge impact on this series. Johan, um, can you just walk us through that inning? You know, you know come in, run around second, and they, they sack bunt him over. You don't have a lot of room to work with there. Can you walk us through how you got those outs? He said that he tried to stay calm and, and not allow the game to speed up on him. Uh, and then after that, just attack hitters. And, uh, and make sure that control whatever he was able to control. But for the most part, was controlling his emotion and, and not allowing the game to uh, speed up on him. It was funny, though. You, you threw that first pitch slider to Walker, and you, you were so pumped up you got that first pitch. How do you manage that, the, the control of the emotions, but pitch with emotion? He said he was trying to uh, enjoy the game uh, while not allowing the adrenaline to go way too high on him. And, uh, and that way he was able to kind of enjoy what he was doing without just uh, getting out of his, the, the, the midpoint that he needed to be at. Yon, what's this season been like for you? You've had to go up and down between Tacoma. You've been on the taxi squad. Uh, you know, I know you were sick during spring. I mean, but like, what's it been like? And, and Scott mentioned your arm slot changes. When did that kind of take place and how did it happen? He said it's been a good season that all he, he's been able to do is, is control what he can. He said that when, when he, he's been up and down, but whenever he gets sent down, he goes down there with the same love, the same attitude. And uh, the only thing that he can control is continue to get better because he knows he has, he, he has the talent. And, um, and, and that's all he's been able to do. And things have worked out. He, He's not able to control when he gets sent down because uh, that's being controlled by the front office, and and that's something that it's completely out of his hands. So he he said he just control his attitude, his preparation, and uh, and that's all he can do. The the, the arm slot thing and the, the more consistent uh, control and pitches in the strike zone. How did that happen? Yo trabajando con los con Woody, con Flemmy con con el de Triple A, yes. Okay, he said that. You know, while while throwing a lot in AAA, he was just trying to find uh, the best spot for him, working with the pitching coaches, uh, the pitching coach in AAA, the pitching coach up here, Woody, and uh, with Fleming Bias, just uh, going through his routine. He was trying to find the better spot for him, and uh, he kind of found it, and that's what has given him the consistency in the strike zone. Hey, Johan, you guys have won so many close games, so many extra inning games, and I think it's safe to say the bullpen is a big reason why, if not the main reason why. How much pride do you take as a unit in being able to keep you guys close and give you guys a chance night in and night out? You said that they have a, a really good group that pull for each other over there. Um, every single one of them, it's always pulling for whoever gets out there and uh, you know they know that all they can do is uh is do their job but mainly 
is that that uh, they they get along good that no one is it's on their own over there and they have the same enthusiasm every day whenever anybody goes out there try to back them up and um, it, it's worked so far. Congratulations, Johan! Um, did you did you get the winning ball or um, if so, did, what did you do? Um, uh, do you do give it your family or you can keep yourself? Uh, you, you shower, shower ball. <laughs> yeah, I said he's gonna he's gonna keep the ball, the baseball, and bring it back for his family. Um, but um, he also was he got that shower, the shower <laughs> that for uh, getting his first win. So that that wasn't very special for him because he I got some I... Tabasco sauce in his yeah. ears. They they pour everything on him in the shower. So. Uh, Eso sí lo tengo, ¿verdad? Yeah. He, he keeps that. He says he's keeping some Tabasco sauce in his ears and, you know, all the stuff that they pour into him. That's a ritual that they do here when, whenever it gets a first win or first save or whatever. So it was his turn today in the showers. Let's go back two days as Kyle Seeger continues his march. I don't know, 40? Can he get there? We'll hear what he had to say a couple of days ago after his massive day. Hey, Kyle, 33 homers, though, two homers tonight uh, and big ones. Uh, you know, you guys always seem to be playing one-run games. Tonight wasn't one of them. I mean, how gratifying has all of the season been? Yeah, it's it's been awesome. You know, our um, our pitching's truly been incredible. You know, to win these one-run games, that's that's what it boils down to, right? You know, offensively, we've done just enough. But, you know, our, our pitching, you know, starters and our bullpen, I mean, our bullpen's been lights out. So, I mean, it's been um, – you know, that's that's certainly been the key. We 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 play good defense and you know we we pitch the ball. We're pitching really well. So that's that's definitely been, you know, our brand. Kyle, I know you're a big guy on, you know, posting up and playing every day. You have a history of durability, but how personally gratifying has this been to be out there every day? I remember a couple of years ago you had the the issue with the uh was it the wrist or the it was the hand? My uh, finger, yeah. The finger, yeah. But to be out there every day, to be contributing every day, um, what's this sort of been like for you? How gratifying personally has it been? Yeah, it's been very nice. You know, obviously that's um, that's the goal, right? So, and that's my job. So that's something I've, I've taken very seriously over the years is, you know, my job is to go out there and, you know, play wherever he tells me to and hit wherever he tells me to. And then, you know, you just go out there and, you know, you try to do your job every day. You know, I think um, that's something, you know, I've certainly – you know, been proud of and taken pride in is, you know, the ability, the ability to being able to stay healthy, you know, knock on wood, obviously, but it's, um, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, I certainly take pride in. Kyle, are you looking for a pitch change up or did you just, just kind of leave it up there and you were able to jump on it? Um, well, you know, JP obviously had a great day to, to start. You know, he was on base all the time, so that was great. Um, you know, Mitch, you know, got a good big knock there to, you know, get a first and third. Got on third, less than two outs, you know, that that makes my job a lot easier. So it's, it's you know, I'm, you know, always looking for the fastball, but, you know, if you get an off speed that's up, you know, that's, um, you know, those are that's an easier pitch to, you know, get in the air and certainly, you know, try to get on the board. You know, fortunately, he hit it pretty good and, you know, was able to get it out. Kyle, obviously you've got great hitting numbers with runners on. I mean, when you're up there with guys on base, does does your approach change at all, or is it the exact opposite of that? Just trying to stay consistent with what you're doing. No, I, I don't. I don't vary the approach too too much. Um, you know, there's certainly some extreme times when it's you know necessary, but 
you know, with, with guys in scoring position, you know, you kind of want to go with what's, you know, made you successful, like when you're at your best, right? So I think a lot of times is especially, and I know I'm guilty of this, especially in, you know, early for early years was, you know, your anxiety gets the most of you, right? You want to, you know, you got, I got to get this run on, I got to get this run in. And I, I think that's kind of the wrong approach. You know, when you're on defense and, you know, there's a guy on second and third and no outs, you know, you're feeling the pressure, you're feeling that tension, you're feeling that anxiety. And I think if you take that up to bat when you're hitting, you know, you're kind of, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're, you're helping, you know, the other team. And obviously you don't you know, ever want to do that. So, you know, when you get a guy in scoring position, you know, the other team's kind of, you know, more on the ropes at that point. So, you know, just kind of let them. And, you know, if you have less anxiety than he does, you know, hopefully it works out. How many years did it take you, Kyle, to get over that, to finally learn that lesson? Um, it, I mean, it, it still, it still happens. Right. So, I mean, you still get in big situation, you know, you still get the adrenaline pumping, you know, you still get all, you know, all those, uh, the feelings and it definitely happens. But I think, you know, as, as of, you know, gotten into, you know, the whole, we've been through that spiel, but like, you got to establish yourself, you got to prove to yourself that you belong. And then, you know, it's what kind of player you're going to be. So, you know, I'm not, you know, the guy that's going to be able to go out there and steal you 40 bases and, you know, score a hundred runs. So, you know, my job is more of the, you know, trying to do damage and, you know, knock in runs. So, you know, I think you kind of had a kind of, and that's, you know, that's been my lane. So that's, you know, what I've really, you know, buckled down and, you know, built my approach for those situations. You ever hit a ball in a swimming pool before? I don't know. That was cool, right? That was, that was pretty cool. They showed the highlight, you know, you had the guy jumping after it. That was pretty cool. All right, table set for the Houston Astros starting tonight and then an off day after this three-game series and then back home for a big homestand. You say Kikuchi will take the ball, 4-10 first pitch. Lance McCullers Jr. again. This seems like the Mariners have faced McCullers a lot in the last couple weeks. 5-10 coming up on Tuesday. Logan Gilbert will go against Jake Odorizzi. By the way, Kikuchi and Gilbert, both really great bounce backs against Houston last time out. They'd love to do that again. And then Wednesday, day baseball, 11-10, first pitch. Tyler Anderson will take the ball for the Mariners. Jose Urquidy will go for Houston in game three of the series. So this is a big series coming up. And a real opportunity for the Mariners this week as they chase the Boston Red Sox. The opportunity is this week for the Mariners. When you look at how the schedule lays out for Boston, they start a series with Tampa today, three-game series, off day, then at the White Sox for three, at the Mariners for three. That's a rough nine-game stretch. So opportunity knocks for the Mariners. And, of course, those are big swings when you go head-to-head as well. So big week coming up for the Mariners, a chance to take, uh, chance to cut into the Red Sox lead. For the Blue Jays, their schedule gets tricky as well when you look how it lays out this week. They have the Yankees for four, then they have Baltimore for four, and then Tampa for three. So their big series is going to be this four-gamer coming up. They have a lot lot of momentum, too, after taking out the A's a couple times in dramatic fashion. And speaking of the A's, it has been a really rough stretch, especially with the bullpen. They've lost three in a row, and a lot of those were coming late. Lou Trevino, who has been their closer and has had a really good season overall, he's really faltered the last week or so. They play the White Sox after an off day today for three, and then the Rangers for three, and that's a homestand starting after they were swept by the Blue Jays. They lost 11-10, to 10-8 to 
and then blown apart on Sunday, 8 nothing. So that's where the A's stand as we head into baseball today. So next time we talk, we'll see where the Mariners sit, and we'll see what happens today against the Houston Astros. In the meantime, here's Shannon Dreher with Logan Gilbert. It's been so interesting to watch your process and everything that's new and a first and how you adapt and what you're taking in. But what happened after the last time you faced the Astros? How do you go about breaking that down and moving forward? Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, and just trying to figure out what they were doing and why. Um, was it mistakes over the plate? Was it predictability and pitching, stuff like that? And at the end of the day, um, starts like that, I think it's a combination of a few things, but really just wanted to get back to things that I do well and tried to pitch off the fastball and um, execute my other pitches as well, especially as a starting pitcher, just being able to rely on a few different pitches at any time. I think that is able to set everything up for the entire game. Is there, are there times when you kind of get, I mean, obviously you pitch off of the fastball, but are there times where you get away from that a little bit more than you think you should? Uh, yeah, definitely. Actually, that first start in Houston, um, when I looked at it, it was almost even uh, fastball and slider usage the first time and was more heavy on the fastball the second start, the most recent start. So um, at the end of the day, it's execution, though. That's what it comes down to. Um, the usage, the um, keeping them guessing, stuff like that, it all helps. Um, but I don't know if there's a right answer necessarily. It's just trying to keep them off balance, trying to keep them guessing and execute the pitches that they put down. What have you learned about your fastball at this level since you've been up? Um, just like everything else, I think the location is the biggest thing. Um, the margin of error is smaller. Coming up through the minors, um, I could pitch off the fastball whenever I needed to. If I got in jams, I could get out of them throwing a fastball or behind in the count. Um, so it was kind of a crutch in a way. Uh, it was good and bad. And then you get up here and it gets exposed a little bit more that – if you get yourself into a bind, you can't just get yourself out of it just at the drop of a hat, um, just relying on one pitch or something like that. So uh, I've been able to try to use the location better to help the pitch uh, work better up here. When you do get into a game and you don't have your best best fastball or you don't have your best slider, I mean, how, what is the process? And, okay, I've got to get through this. What do you lean on then? Um. It's tough for every hitter. Um, I don't know if there's just one blueprint that would go off or game plan, something like that. But a lot of times in the game, too, you'll have a different feel for different pitches at different times, um, which makes it fun. That's why pitching is so fun out there, because every game, it's not going to be the same thing. Every inning, it's not going to be the same thing. I'm trying to find different ways to get hitters out at the highest level, really good hitters in the, in the lineup that I'm facing. And you're kind of on the fly working with the catcher, trying to figure out what are we going to do to keep them off balance or to keep them guessing? Who's been somebody that, that's been a fun at bat along those or a challenging, a good challenge in, in along those lines? Um, one of the one of the toughest probably is Jose Ramirez. Um, I faced him right away in the debut and then faced him again in Cleveland. Um, and that was probably the first guy that I noticed that just sees the ball really well really good hitter obviously professional hitter just knows what he's doing at the plate and you could see that the approach was a lot more advanced than I was used to coming up through the minors so that's somebody that stuck out are you any different right now than you were at the beginning of the season where if there is kind of a little bit of a back and a forth and you're between a pitch do you go with what you're thinking or what the catcher is thinking 
Uh, I like to go with the catcher a lot unless I'm really just adamant on something or um, maybe it's a feel that uh, we didn't talk about during the inning. So it's something that they wouldn't know based on how I'm feeling in that moment. Um, but for the most part, I like to go with the catcher. I think they have a better idea and they see the game better and um, they know the hitters, especially Murph being around for so many years, knows the hitters better than I do at this point. So I, I trust the catchers. I like to go with what they say. What's the best piece of advice Murph has given you so far? Um, I think it's just it's kind of his tone for being aggressive, um, getting after your hitters, stuff like that. Um, we don't want to be too fine or try to surprise them too much. Um, I like to get after hitters and be aggressive and stuff like that. That's kind of what I do as a pitcher and with my pitches, my arsenal. Um, and he really hounds on that, that we want to get after them. If they hit it, they hit it, but we're going to be aggressive. We're going to make them swing the bat and try to get into good counts as quickly as possible. How does Walter get along with Murphy? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good. It's a good relationship. Um, Murph gets me pretty well. He's a good guy to work with. Um, everybody has been great. Cal, all the coaches. So um, everything's been smooth sailing. Okay, somebody gave you up that you had the alter ego on the mound. Uh, you are Logan right now. When you're on the mound, you're the intense guy, and you're Walter. How did that story come to be? How did you get that name? Man, I, I don't, at this point, I don't know. It's one of those old wise tales or something like that. It's, <laughs> it was years ago in college at this point. But, um, no, it was kind of started as a joke, just messing around. But I think there is some truth to it that um, – especially if, if you want to be a nice guy, if you want to be a good person, all that stuff that's so important to me. Um, when you pitch, you have to have something. You have to have some competitiveness. And um, for me, it's easier to just try to switch into a different person in that setting um, rather than gradually trying to be like that all the time. It's easier for me on game day, especially as a starting pitcher, knowing that, okay, today's my day. I have two, three hours, whatever it is. I'm going to go leave it all out there and be as competitive as possible. And then at the end of the game, it's gone right away or does it take a, a little bit? <laughs> it's tough. No, it's, it's tough to just turn it on and off. Uh, yeah. I catch myself after the game. Sometimes it's, it's tough to just decompress quickly. It sometimes takes me quite a bit. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with the slider? There have been some changes with it. Yeah. We've been working on um, trying to throw it a little harder it's going to be a little tighter as you add velo, so it's not going to be as big in shape. Um, but it's still something that can be manipulated a little bit where I've thrown a few at 87, 88 that um, get a little less movement. But then also at 83, 84, even 82, every once in a while, that's a bigger shape that's you can use at different points in the count. Um, I'm trying to just throw it really hard. That's the main thing. And let it come out like a fastball because I look around the league and I see guys like uh, DeGrom and Zach Wheeler, Scherzer, uh, even Kershaw. Like these guys are throwing really hard sliders, starting pitchers that are throwing hard sliders with, they could have another breaking ball like I do, the slow curveball. But we're trying to just have something that I can have in the zone whenever I want, throw it behind in the count, throw it for strikeouts, whatever. But it's easier to control and easier to put where I want it to be and manipulate along the way. And how do you feel about where it is right now? I feel pretty good. Um, 
I mean, it's, it's tough in season. It's, it's not an excuse or anything like that, but we're making changes along the way. And I like the progress and the way it's coming along right now, but honestly, it's still early. Um, but everything I've seen, I, I think it's something that we can work with. It's going to be a good pitch in the future. Do you jump all in? I mean, it is tough. You're, you're, you're trying to, you're trying new things on the toughest stage and the toughest competition. Are you all in with that? Do you just have to, I've got to fully commit to this or is it tough in games? Like I'd really kind of rather do this right now that I might feel a little bit better with. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I think that happens at first right away. It's the first step. And then you get to a point where you're either in or you're out. And I decided, I think the Blue Jays was the first game I started throwing a little bit harder and they got a few hits, um, scored whatever, four or five runs, whatever it was. And I remember getting to a point in that last third or fourth inning, whatever it was, where I'm just like, okay, I don't care at this point. I'm just going to throw it really hard. This is who I am. This is what I'm throwing. And I think it pairs with my fastball better as well in my entire arsenal, really. Um, so at that point, you kind of get over that, that bridge or whatever it may be that, okay, we're all in. This is what we're doing. Your first standing against Houston the other day, uh, it was fantastic to see. Eh? We saw the, the real high velo on the fastball, which that's got to feel good for you. But we also saw a good changeup and a good curve in that inning. And you don't have to throw them enough, but you have them in the first inning along with the slider. Is that kind of like your ideal start right there? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I, I think it's really big to be able to prove, especially early as a starter, I want to get to all my pitches as soon as possible, at least in some capacity, to prove that I'm in the zone with everything. And it just sets you up better along the way for they can't sit on the fastball. They have to respect all four pitches. Um, so I like to get to everything and at least show that it's there and show myself as well that, okay, I know it's there. I have confidence to throw it whenever I want. Lastly, it seems like you often pitch the last day of a series. I know you like to study. How do you watch those games ahead of time? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see the other starters. Um, and like see another variety of flex goes or something like that against the same team. Um, but a big thing for me up here, you get the scouting reports on what they like to hit, stuff like that. But I like to see aggressiveness or patience as a team or individual hitters, whatever it may be. Are they first at bat? What are they trying to do? Do they wait a little bit longer? Are they more aggressive with runners on? Stuff like that. So you kind of feel out who they are as a hitter, their identity. Micro scouting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>